Welcome back to Tag Team, everyone. The Pokemon Trading Card Games premier podcasting duo. Well, normally we're a duo, but tonight it's just going to be me. JW, talking to you over the interwebs for, oh, the next 30 to 40 minutes. So buckle up. We got a lot of things to talk about. Most notably my day today. Thank you so much for asking. Uh, it was a beautiful day. We had a friend over for a little dinner, had some nice pasta, which we baked in the oven, got a little bit of, uh, of, of bread that we bought for a dollar 19 at the local Kroger grocery store. That one didn't quite turn out so hot. I put that in the oven as well with some butter and some garlic salt. Ended up burning that worse than I don't know, me on a eighth grade camping trip. I did not do well with the sun when I was a young one. Now I get a nice coloration on my face and my back doesn't peel if I take my shirt off. Anyway, maybe TMI, but it was nice. We just bought a new table for the dining room <laughs> and uh, we're trying it out. Big wood table can seat 12 people. It's the perfect like cube table. Can fit five matches easily all the way down. It's what you want. And it's kind of what you need as a TCG content creator. Now I know what you're thinking. A tabletop on the stream sometime soon. Possibly. I did just move a table into my office. I'm looking at it right now. It was our old dining room table, but we got this like just massive dining room. We needed a bigger table. So I moved that table up here. I think there's going to be room. I just need to find another chair to put on the other side. Going to need to get an overhead camera. And there's some possibility of tabletop heading over to the Flex Daddy Righteous channel. That'll be super fun. Don't get your hopes up. Because I always do projects. You know me. I'm just a project guy. I'm a, I'm a project accumulator. I got like 10 boards of wood down in my basement. That's supposed to be a backsplash for our bedroom. You know, we got, we got caulk down there. That's supposed to go in the bathroom. I'm just a collector of projects. And that is one that is on the horizon. I'll need to I'll need to talk to Andrew probably about some lighting and overhead stuff. Obviously get the camera dropping down and do all that. But anyway, we got some stuff to talk about. Three tiers to today's podcast. We got the TCG standard format. A little bit of a dead format, granted. But we should still talk about it. Um, we're getting close to the end of the season, guys. Uh, this will be the end of our fourth season casting here on the Tag Team Pokemon Podcast, which is crazy. The longest running Pokemon TCG podcast. We're very excited. Thank you guys all so much for the recent support. Uh, it's been noticed. It has been noticed. So we're going to talk about the standard format here. We're going to do our card of the day. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the gym leader challenge format and post rotation tournaments that are coming up with full grip games. So getting it started off, let's just take a meander through what's going on right now 
in the standard format. There seem to be four decks that are rising to the top, the cream of the crop, as it were. Uh, you go to any major tournament. I, I consider a major tournament these days to be any tournament with over 100 people. We've seen a little bit of a decline in participation with these tournaments. I don't know what's to blame for that. Maybe, again, kind of dead format. Maybe people are going more to their local leagues and in-person tournaments and events. And there's just not enough time for these online tournaments. Whatever the case may be, numbers are dipping. So whereas the Sunday Open might have in the past got, you know, 200, 250 people. Now it's a little bit pared back. Same with the chilled TCG tournaments. Same with, you know, the Hegster tournaments. They're all kind of dipping a little bit, but man, I hope they continue into the next format. That'd be great to have kind of this dual online, in-person, all that kind of stuff would be great to have. But anyway, looking at the Sunday Open finishes, looking at the Chills TCG finishes, there are four decks that really rise to the top. And those four decks are ADP Birds, Eternatus, Ice Rider, and Shadow Rider. Now, the Ice Rider and Shadow Rider, I mean, that seems certainly self-explanatory with Shadow Rider. You got just one of the most busted cards ever printed. You know, we, we keep saying it on the on the channel, but if I were to go to a tournament tomorrow, I would hands down play Shadow Rider and not even like think twice about it. The format is littered with dark decks. And I wouldn't even think twice. I wouldn't even think twice. You got things you can do. You know, Marnie is a great card. You can draw out a Marnie better than any other deck. Unlimited damage potential with the Shadow Rider. Energy acceleration. You got uh, Path to the Peak that you should be playing in high numbers. So there's a lot of ways you can kind of cheese your way through any format, through any matchup. And I like it a lot. You can play Cake, all right? The Alchemy, getting those one shots on the Eternatus, you know, your, your uh, Galarian bird. That Moltres, big deal. Uh, so you just have answers to, to pretty much everything. Dark is a kind of a bad weakness to have, but again, if you really want to beat Eternatus, Aurora Energy, Zapdos, boom, you're good. Like, you can tech the deck for anything. You can also cheese. We didn't even talk about how you can cheese with either the Trevenant and Dustnor or the Gengar and Mimikyu. So, like, it's got all the pieces. There's no reason in my mind that this deck just shouldn't be the most played deck at every single tournament. And it's been doing well. Despite all the dark hate, it's been doing well. So, Shadow Rider, best deck in my mind. And then what's the counter to that? What's the counter to Shadow Rider? Well, you have all these dark decks. Okay, ADP Birds. We're even seeing lists that are just completely foregoing Zacian. And we've talked a lot about Zacian on the, uh, you know, on the cast. I'm saying like Zacian, you know, again, one of those cards you just look at it. It's like, this is a busted card. <laughs> like cards shouldn't be this good generally. Drawing, attaching, doing big damage, right? These are all the pros that I gave for Shadow Rider Calyrex are here also for Zashim, and yet in some of these ADP Zashim lists, we are not seeing it. I believe that is a mistake, or if they're being played, they're in like a very low count, like a one, 
one count? I don't quite agree. I think two at least seems so good. Certainly, I just can't see you cutting them all. I know people do it. I just can't see that being being what you want to do. So, ADP birds, one of those decks that really is. I mean, it's good on its own merit, but certainly, you know, you're looking into a into a format that it can counter a bunch of the other big decks, right? I mean, it's the ultimate counter deck right now. You got Zashin, if you're playing it, hitting for weakness against Ice Tray, a very contended name for the Ice Rider Calyrex VMAX deck. You got the uh, Galarian Moltres just bopping the crap out of Eternatus. You got ADP to just lock up any of the one prize decks that you may face. It really does seem like it has everything going for it. Why wouldn't I play that deck? Can beat anything. Why wouldn't I play that deck? Well, you sometimes do too much. Sometimes you can do too much. I think that's kind of the victim. Uh, that, that, that's what falls victim to the ADP decks. They can do a little too much. You got four different types of energy. You're very reliant on that at least turn two ADP GX attack. Although not always, not always. You can get away with attacking with Moltres turn two, for sure. Especially if you're, you know, swinging into weakness. But you're just you're you're, you're doing a lot. You're really dependent on your Dedenes. I think that's another big uh, thing that we should mention, right? Shadow Riders again can really punish you. Ice Riders can really punish you if they play Path of the Peak. You're relying on those Dedenes. You're probably playing an elevated count of Stadiums of Viridian Forest out of three or four, but there are times you can get stuck. The other main dark deck, of course, is Eternatus. I mean, if you want to just shut your brain off, play Eternatus. Eternatus, good matchup into ADP birds generally, I think. If they can get a quick, you know, knockout on the ADP, that can be really hard. You got the Moltres to get energy back. You can power up Eternatuses even if they one-shot you with, uh, with the Moltres. Certainly possible. Certainly what the deck now is aimed to do. Uh, so Eternatus, really just that counter deck. Uh, two, you know, again, like we're talking about ADP as a counter deck to Shadow Rider. Same thing with Eternatus. Eternatus, shut your brain off, okay? Let, let's talk about these decks, these four decks, in terms of the amount of skill needed to play them, okay? Eternatus is certainly the lowest, right? So if you're like, hey, I want to play a tier one deck, I do not want to have to think. Eternatus. I want to play a tier one deck, I want to have to think a little bit. I would say ADP. Now, there are a lot of decisions there now that there weren't before, but I still think that on the whole, you know, you're looking for the weakness. You're playing all these attackers. You're looking for weakness. You want to get the GX attack off in 90% of the games. There are games, again, you don't want to do it. 90% of the games, you do. Turn your brain off a little less. Shadow Rider. 
You got to know when to play path of the peak. You got to know what to attach energy to. You got to know what to attack with at what time. You got to know when is best to use that first attack on the alchemy. It's not as straightforward as I think people think. And then if you add in uh, things like the Aurora, like we were talking about earlier, the Galarian Zapdos. You know, there's there's choices you got to make here. Cresselia, add that to the mix. Sogaleo and Lunala, add that to the mix. Something like, um, you know, Gengar Mimikyu, add that to the mix. A lot of things going on in there that make piloting that deck a little harder, in my opinion, than ADP. I'm, I'm open to being wrong on that one. I'm open to some debate on that one. Uh, but what isn't up for debate, in my opinion, is is the most difficult of these top tier decks to play. And that is going to be Ice Rider Calyrex. And I think, you know, the standard way to play it is going to be with the Inteleon line. Certainly Sinchino lines uh, ha have done good work for the Ice Rider players. But I think the kind of accepted version is with the just ridiculous Inteleon line. Now, what makes this the most hard to play? Well, you, you have to choose what to get with the Drizziles, right? You have to choose whether or not it's worth it for you to evolve all of your Sobbles, right? Because you can get three Sobbles down on the first turn. Do you go Drizzile to get out an Evolution Incense, to get out a Drizzile, to get out an Evolution Incense, to get out a Drizzile, to then get out Inteleons on your next turn? Maybe try to snipe, maybe try to get a few more... Um, you know, items, like two items, right? On the next turn. There's those choices. There's the choices of what supporter do you want to take? You know, do you want to take research, Melanie, Marnie, boss? Do you need energy that turn? Do you need to search out a path to the peak? You're trying to do the reset stamp path turn, you know? Are you planning ahead to try to get your double items off the Inteleon? Like, there, there are just some decisions in this deck that uh, are not as obvious, that uh, I, I see too many people misplaying or maybe playing just a little bit suboptimally. Maybe they'll play down an Inteleon before they need to, right? Or they'll snipe, because you're only getting usually that one Chilling Rain Inteleon, right? You put the damage on the wrong thing, and that could be the, that could be the end of the game, right? Like, you, you put the damage on the wrong thing with that Chilling Rain Inteleon, off the snipe ability, and that could mean the difference because you put it on the right thing, you know, you're golden. Put it on the wrong thing, you know, you don't have too many turns to snipe with that thing. And then I see players doing weird things with energies, like not getting enough energy in play early enough, not meloning when they should. I, there's just some decisions there. Um, now, would I play, and would I suggest Ice Rider Calyrex VMAX? I would. I would. Talked about it on the cast here. I've talked about it on the stream before. How I originally didn't like the deck. I thought it was a little bit, I don't know, one trick pony, if you will. Pardon the pun. Um, but but now I'm seeing, you know, I'm, I'm kind of seeing the light. I'm seeing the light of, uh, of just what it can do. Um, it punishes your opponent for putting down Pokemon. There's a lot of skill to grabbing out what you need when you need it. 
their skill to, you know, kind of controlling the board in the way that that deck does. Um, do you want to discard all your energy, do 250, but leave yourself in a very vulnerable spot where you need Melanie on the next turn? You know, do you just hit for maybe not enough damage for a knockout, but maybe leave your board position in a little bit better spot? With Ice Riders, first attack, Ride of the High King. I mean, these are the decisions that you have to make to perform well with the deck. And these are decisions that not everybody makes well. So for me, Ice Rider, one of the best. At least one of the most skill-based decks in the format. Certainly a tier one option for you. Got a few other decks that, you know, you can cover like Dark Box. I guess the Mewtwo decks just generally, we can kind of lump them together, right? Dark Box, um, Welder Mewtwo, Grass Mewtwo has been getting a little bit of play recently. Things like this. Decent decks, fine decks, tier two for sure. It's just kind of funny how the, uh, how the tag teams have really just been pushed out here by the new format. These new VMAXs just doing the, doing the thing, man. Doing the thing. And doing it well. Doing big damage, doing it early, being consistent. Mewtwo struggles to do enough damage to knock out these VMAXs. It's just not a good time. So those are my four decks, top four. I mean, that's no doubt. You, you go any content creator, I think will tell you that. Uh, so for me, I'm playing Shadow Rider, dude. I, I just ordered my... My Shadow Riders, five bucks a piece. Ordered my VMAXs at, you know, 15. Get them now. Get them now. So that wraps up our TCG format. Have fun if you're still playing, guys, in this, uh, you know, quote-unquote dead format. No Worlds is here. No major tournaments, to my knowledge, in this format. Um, of course, we're going to have our weeklies online but no i don't know regional style i think everybody's kind of looking forward to the next format i i think this format should get more credit uh than it has gotten i feel like people have been again like looking ahead a little bit too quickly but that's okay that's okay format good little filler format until we get evolving skies that obviously brings with it a whole host of new ideas new decks and we'll be sure to cover those here on the channel so card of the day today, this is a card that it just, I feel like we all have these cards that kind of stick out in our minds as being cards that have this nostalgic factor to them. They weren't particularly good, but I feel like I had a ton of these particular card for, I don't know what reason, maybe they came in a theme deck and I like accidentally bought two as a kid or maybe I just ripped a bunch of packs and they happen to be the common that it came with. But my card of the day for today is a card that actually features two Pokemon. Original tag team? Maybe. My card of the day is Chansey from Expedition. Now, Chansey from Expedition is kind of a story-based card. Chansey is inside of a chest that has like a little 
you know, Switzerland flag symbol. I mean, like a medic symbol. Okay. Chansey is holding an egg, appearing to be gifting their egg to an APOM. Now, the thing about APOM is that he APOM's crying. Okay. On the ground, just sobbing. And hasn't like some kind of patch, some kind of stitching over its eye. I don't know. I don't know. There's a whole backstory here that I don't know. Maybe the APOM got bonked on the head. Maybe the APOM lost an eyeball. Maybe the APOM, you know, got hit by a truck. I couldn't tell you. But what we do know is that Chansey does appear to be offering help to this APOM. For some reason, I just, this one sticks out to me. I, maybe it's the art style, you know, just a very simple, simplistic art style. Something weird's happening. I think I just never understood it as a child. Apom was kind of a cool Pokemon. You know, you had Chansey from base set. It was kind of cool. Just in this new format. All together. It really tells a story. It's a card of the day. Chansey. From Expedition. Number 72. So I wanted to talk last topic for today uh, is is the gym leader challenge format. If you've been following the channel uh, over the last week and a half since Andrew Mahone introduced this commander format, essentially for Pokemon, then you'll know that I have really been into the gym leader challenge. I think it's a fresh way to play Pokemon TCG, and I'm sure in you know maybe a month or two it will maybe get less fun right it'll maybe be less of well certainly it'll lose that kind of that that luster right it'll lose the shininess of the format um but i think for now it's a welcome change to how we play pokemon cards it makes you think so for those of you guys that don't know what I'm talking about, and that's maybe a sizable amount of people, or, you know, they might've just shut the cast off by now. I'm going to try to make the gym leader challenge format as interesting as possible, like as interesting as I can make it, because I find it very uh, exciting. And I could see how somebody would think that ah, this format is just kind of a throwaway. It doesn't really mean anything. There's no point to it. And that's fair. You know, I've had a few people on the stream that have been like this format you do you, JW, but is boring as heck. I do not believe so. I think it's, I think it's great. So the gym leader challenge format, a couple of rules, monotype. So let's say you're playing water. You can only play water Pokemon. Only one of each card. So that extends into the Pokemon. So you can only have one Blastoise, for instance. There are multiple copies of Blastoise. You can only play one copy of Blastoise. So there are all the lines, all the evolutions are singleton. One Squirtle, one Wartor, one Blastoise. One Charmander, one Charizard, one Charmeleon. One of the items. One N, one Research. One Evo Incense. One of the Special Energy. One Splash. One Call. Well, 
I guess call isn't legal. One capture. <laughs> but uh, and then final final uh, final rule is no rule box. Po- uh, well, I guess not final rule. Second to last rule. No rule box Pokemon. So no Prism Stars. No Ace Specs. No Breaks. No EX. No GX. No VMAX. Anything with additional prizes. Eh. And then the format extends back to the expanded quote unquote block. So anything that would be legal for expanded tournaments would also be legal for the gym leader challenge. I love this. This pulls directly from magic. And I'm actually surprised that we as Pokemon players haven't embraced this and thought of this sooner. And I'll explain why. As a, um, you know, a video game watcher, I see video game players, the Pokemon video game players, that is flourish playing Nuzlocks. I see them flourish by adding random rules to their game to make it harder to make it more difficult to win magic does this again the commander format is essentially what we're looking at here in the gym leader challenge essentially i mean it's not a one for one right they have a bigger deck size i think it extends all the way to the base set and somebody can correct me on that one but, you know, essentially a comparable format. And I think that's great. I think that there needs to be more formats. And, and that's why I'm so excited about it is because this might flourish. We've seen a lot of people pick it up recently. And it might flourish. It might do well. And it might encourage Pokemon or, or, or just other players to be creative. Come up with new things. Come up with new ways to play the game. And that's always good. That's always going to be a good because the more you know, representation for playing the game that we have, the better, right? We kind of ragged on it on tag team when Pokemon came out with that weird online, like mega Pokemon battle. I don't know if you guys remember this, but the premise was you could play with your friends against, you know, like four people against one boss Pokemon online and yeah like raid battles it was kind of weird kind of didn't really work all that well but it was a step in the right direction i think to just try to get people thinking in a new way again like the more representation we have for that the better you know i mean same goes for like literal representation of like you know minorities in the game or like, you know, underrepresented people groups, right? Like the more representation that you have, the better it is going to be because it allows more people to get involved. So the more new ways that we have to play the game, the more people will get involved. And that's a good thing. That helps the game grow. If somebody comes in And says, hey, I want to get into the gym leader challenge because that's a format that I feel like I can actually compete. That's a format that I think I don't have to buy in real big to, right? It's not a very expensive format, guys. You can get it for like 50 bucks, like a good deck. They're all good decks. Frankly, they're all good decks. Um, 50 bucks. 
or less. All right. If somebody comes into the gym leader challenge format and they're like, I love this. I'm hooked. Boom. Standard format, expanded format, regionals, worlds, you know, boom, they're, they're hooked. I think that's a great thing. So there is a tournament coming up for the gym leader challenge. There are some that I believe are being run on limitless. So be on the lookout for those. Uh, but there is a full grip online series, uh, excuse me, a full grip sponsored tournament coming up in person. We're hoping that things are okay. Pokemon released some guidelines regarding coronavirus. We hope that things are going to be, you know, okay enough to hold that event. I will be there, hopefully, again, assuming that there's no, um, you know, change in mask mandates or, I don't know, some unforeseen variant of the virus or, or something, you know, no more lockdowns. I will be there looking forward to it. But there is going to be a lot of money on the line for this. And I think people are looking forward to that uh, as kind of a, a breakout for this format. Now there are a number of decks that I've been playing recently. Um, I think in terms of a tier list, I, I made a quick and dirty tier list. Now, again, the format's only what two weeks old, if that, but my tier list is as follows. I think the top tier for the gym leader challenge format is grass and dark. I think those two occupy for me the best decks of the format. And I can talk a little bit more about why in just a second, but tier list grass and dark, I think are just a step above. And we're again, we're talking about like degrees of separation. Like I'm not saying that nothing can ever be dark and grass. That is absolutely not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that those, those decks have some inherent strengths that not a lot of the other decks have. And I'll get to those strengths in just a second. A tier, water, fire, very standard. I think water is so close to being S tier. Fire, very close as well. Good decks in their own right. B tier, fighting, dragon, colorless, steel. Again, we're talking a gradient. We're talking a bell curve. So most of the decks are going to have to fall in the B tier. They're all playable. They're all good. They could all win. But B tier, fighting, dragon, colorless, steel. F tier for me. I hated lightning. It gets way better with Flaffy, I think. There's a new Flaffy that has the Dynamotor ability. Allows you to recycle an electric energy from your discard pile onto a bench Pokemon. I like that a lot. Definitely need a definitely less clunky than the Magnezone. And then also in the lowest tier, the Fairy. Hate to say it. Just not enough cards for Fairy to make it really stand out. I forgot one type here, Psychic. Um, I like Psychic a lot, but um, B tier for me for that as well. Kind of that mid tier, kind of that mid tier. So why do I think Dark and Grass are the best decks? Well, Grass, I don't really know like if you have much better access to item lock. Lightning has that Luxio line, right? You can disconnect, but the item locking of the Vileplume is so strong and no other deck really has that. 
one of the nice things about the expanded format, one of the nice things about the gym leader challenge format is I have access to all of these busted items. Nest ball. <laughs> uh, you know, ultra ball. Um, Evo incense. Well, I guess that's a standard format card too, but uh, VS seeker, you know, you got, uh, you got, you know, the list goes on and on as I struggle. <laughs> as I struggle to name cards, you got things like dark patch, water patch, scoop up net, um, all the busted tools, air balloon, floatstone, muscle band. Uh, there's just a lot of things that go well in these decks, right? Um, and so shutting those down from the, you know, essentially you could do it from the first turn, right? You get a forest of giant plants, vile plume comes up, boom, you're good. And then you could build your deck to like take advantage of them item lock. Sheesh, dude. That's a combination for success. And then think about how consistent you are with grass. You got consistent en energy acceleration with the Rillaboom. You got consistent search with the grow vile and the shenotic. That's a good deck, man. It's a good deck. Allows you to really take control of the game early. Allows you to keep control of the game late. Somebody in chat says Cherum. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now for Dark, the other deck I want to cover here. Don't want to go over everything, but again, just, just what I see from my perspective as being the kind of premier decks. I look at Dark as uh, one of those one of those decks that just has a lot of one energy attackers, which is great. So underrated, I think, in this format is to have those one energy attackers. Because you look at a lot of the other decks... They need, you know, two, three to really get those big beefy attackers going. Dark has that potential, right? You got Darkrai here with the Darkness Guard, Vortex of Darkness, three energy, 60. It's unlimited, you know, 60 damage plus 20 for each Dark Energy attached to this Pokemon. So it can scale if you need it to. Um, but you got Hoopa. You got Weezing, Galarian Weezing. Very strong card. You got Spear Tomb. Actually, just potentially, in my opinion, one of the most busted cards. Can be countered. Sure. Can be countered. Of course. But being able to do 160, potentially more for one energy. Are you kidding me? And then the final one prize, our one energy attacker. Malamar, <laughs> my favorite. Okay, so Malamar from Unbroken Bonds has a hypnotic rain attack for one dark energy. Your opponent reveals their hand. You may discard a Pokemon you find there and use one of that Pokemon's non-GX attacks as this attack. This is quite strong. Why? Well, not only can you possibly do heavy damage for 
essentially free, right? You just got to pay the attack cost of the Hypnotic Rain. But not only can you do massive damage, you also discard a card from their hand, assuming they have a Pokemon. But that can be so crucial. If they have a late stage evolution, it's really hard to cycle through those. It's really hard to get those back multiple times. Sure, they might be able to bring it back with like a Rescue Stretcher. But if you're able to discard an attacker, if you're able to discard one of their main support Pokemon, it's very unlikely that they're going to get that back. And then if they do, again, you have an opportunity to knock that out. It's very, very hard to get it back a third time. Of course, you can play around that, right? Hypnotic Rain looks at their hand so your opponent could like Ultra Ball their Pokemon away. But again, you're putting that pressure, just the threat of Malamar is very strong is very strong i like it a lot it can whiff sometimes for sure but it can also be one of the best cards in your deck other attackers that you have for dark you got zorark both foul play strong strong you got the stand-in zorark as well also a very strong attack that does damage based on your opponent's benched pokemon and then you got a bunch of disruption So, things like the Alolan Muck. Great disruption. Sharpedo, another nice attacker for you. Greedy Evolution allows you to look at the top six cards of your deck and attach any dark energy you find there to it. Nice ability, nice attack that scales. And then you could play, you know, Crobat, right, for some extra draw. Golbat allows you to draw a couple cards, attacks for two. Crobat, same thing, attacks for two. That's good stuff. And then you get an additional Muscle Band. Muscle Band, one of the best cards in the GLC format. You get Dark Claw, which is the same for a Dark deck. So I, I think Dark is extremely underrated. You do big damage. You got some disruption. You got, you know, Dark Patch. That's energy acceleration. You got, you know, a couple of stadiums that are pretty good. Ultra of the Moon allows you to retreat. Dark City allows you to retreat. Devoured Field allows you to do more damage. You got some Dark specific supporters. So you got Nanu. You got Pierce. Both good. Both very good. So I, I like the dark deck. I like the dark deck right now. I think it's very strong. So we won't go over all of them. Those are just the two that I think kind of separate themselves in my eyes. And I, again, I'm open to being wrong on that one. But those are the two in my eyes that separate themselves. We had a question on Twitter. If you guys aren't following us on Twitter, at Tag Team Pokemon, David Condry asks, are you doing a Q&A episode soon? And I think we will. Probably for the season finale. If so, I've got one. If not, no worries. He says, I'm new to the PTCG and notice the topic of stall play coming up lately. He asks, should I avoid tourneys? Because my cautious approach, aka slow math, will be flagged as stalling. Thanks. Well, David, to answer that question, I think there's a difference between slow math and stalling. And I think it can be proven. 
Okay. Uh, not, not, well, not necessarily proven, but it can be, uh, uh, kind of, it can be inferred, shall we say? Cause I'm a slow math player myself. I have been bitten way too many times by just going all Danny Altavia, throwing my cards down, but I'm not as smart as Danny. So I'll mess up the math and then I'll lose, you know, in the top eight of a regional. I, it's a long story. Maybe next podcast because I didn't count. I didn't think of what I needed to do and it bit me and I have been bit too many times that I am all about, you know, Hey, one extra check. I think I know what I'm doing. Just let me make sure that there are no other effects on the Pokemon, no other stadiums that I need to be aware of, no other benched Pokemon that reduce damage or add damage or take away weakness or don't allow me to attack or any number of effects that could occur in the Pokemon trading card game. But I think stalling really shows itself when you have a player that has obvious moves obvious moves like we're talking you know quick balls that they're deciding to play or not or or you know one energy in hand with one pokemon on the field and they're trying to decide whether or not to attach that energy you know that there might be some thought behind that in certain situations sure 95 percent of the situations probably not Probably not. So I think if you're trying to figure out, hey, am I slow? And am I going to get flagged? Like, don't let that be a hindrance because, you know, assuming that you're playing all the obvious cards the way that they're kind of intended to be played, I would not worry. Stall, players that stall, we are able to, we are able to deduce that because they take their time on those very obvious plays. So, you know, we have a timer in Pokemon. Obviously, you want to work towards being a little bit faster, right? If you feel like you're a slow player, you want to work on those um, you know, things that I tell the people that I coach. You want to work on increasing the understanding of the game state. You want to work on increasing all of the, you know, knowledge of all the things that you can do in a turn. And I would recommend, as I tell my clients, right? Just draw a test hand, map out every single thing you could do. As quick as you can. That for me helped me understand, like, here's everything I could do. Helped me take less time in the game, trying to figure out what I could do. Help me shave a few seconds off my turns. So, David, great question. If you guys have questions, feel free. We love it. Either DM us on Twitter, send us a message at Tag Team Pokemon. I can be found at Real John Walter. If you're listening to this cast, I have a new video up on YouTube today. YouTube.com slash Flex Daddy Righteous. Talking about the future of the channel. A few goals. Nice little surprise at the end. So if you like my content, hop on over there. 
check it out. But that's going to do it for us today. Hope you had fantastic time listening. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. It was great to walk through standard format. It was great to walk through the gym leader challenge format. Again, I will be in Akron at the end of next month. Hope to see you all there. For now, I'm JW on behalf of Riley Holbert and Tag Team Pokemon signing off. Have a great rest of your day.